Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Remember, this will be the first time that the Jewish nation did what God designed them to do. When God designed the Jewish nation in the Old Testament, it was to go to all the pagan nations and say, no, there's not millions of pagan gods. There's one true God. And what did they do? They failed, they failed, they failed, they failed, and they failed. And what did they do? Start worshiping pagan gods. This is the first time the Jewish nation fulfilled the plan that they were given. If you look at the events that are going to happen during the last seven years before Jesus returns to set up his kingdom on earth, some amazing things are going to take place. These incidents will be a reminder that even in the middle of God pouring out his anger on the earth, he still gives people a chance to turn to him. Pastor Mark will be teaching about these things and how God's grace will still be evident, even as he brings about mankind's well-deserved punishment. While most people will give themselves fully to the Antichrist, some will respond favorably to God's call to turn from evil. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. He'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in the book of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 as he continues his message, Good News During the Worst Time on Earth. Now remember, God is a God of love, but he's also a God of judgment because he is holy and justice demands it. That's why he said, that's enough. There aren't two gods. There's only one God. And he says, that's enough. I'm the true God. Now, then Jesus, way back in Matthew, says to us how horrible these next three and a half years are going to be. Matthew 24, 21. For then there will be a great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, never to be equaled again. If those days had not been cut short, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, those days would be shortened. Now, let me show you what's coming. This is an overview of what will take place during the tribulation. There's seven seals, seven trumpets, and seven bowls of wrath. And you can go online and just follow that through. These are all God's judgments. And when the seals are done, the trumpets start. The trumpets are done, the bowls start. And that is what you're going to see. Now, what does that look like physically on the earth? Well, here's the next thing. I'll show you two of them to start, actually three. When these seals are opening, here's what you'll see. On the earth, warfare, bloodshed, widespread famine, plagues of all kind, cosmic terrestrial disturbances, including earthquakes, 
And look at this. Stars falling from the sky to the earth. Next, here's a personal thing. Many people you see in a moment will become Christians, Jews and Gentiles during this time. But by and large, they're going to be martyred for Jesus Christ. Here's some more. 125-pound hailstones. Can you imagine that? 125 pounds? How the people will be killed? The sea and the rivers are turned into what? Blood. The most valuable thing that we need to live is water. All the major cities of the earth are destroyed. Now, we just saw some of the Bahama Islands destroyed. Picture all the major cities, millions and millions and millions of people in every city, totally destroyed. Just put that picture in your mind. Now, when that happens, any people dying? All over the place. There you go. Here's another one. An army of demons torment men for five months. And they cannot die. They try to commit suicide. They cannot die. God stops it. Here's the big one that you and I can't even comprehend. The Bible tells us about two-thirds of the earth's population will be killed during the tribulation. As I'm reading, though, anybody want to be there? Is there a way that you can make sure you're not there? Only one way. Turn your light to Jesus Christ. There's no other way. You can't get there. There's only one way to get there. And see, you'll see later, that's why we have to be on mission. The world doesn't understand what's coming. They think it's going to be fine. See, they're deceived. That's what Satan does. And they're not interested in God here. But the only way to avoid that is become a believer or choose Jesus during that time. (laughs) Much easier now than ever in the future. Pastor Mark, is there any good news during the Great Tribulation? Is there any good news? Yes, the air conditioning works. No, I'm just, it's getting cooler. Can you notice? Praise the Lord. The guys, we prayed for the guys that are out there working on it. Amen? Yes, there is. Look at Revelation 6, 17. For the great day of their wrath, all unbelievers, has come, and who can stand? Basically, they're asking, can anybody survive during the tribulation? And the answer is, yes. There is good news. It doesn't look like it, but there is. Here is a summary, a quick summary of why there's good news. There will be good news during the worst time on the earth. There will be good news during the worst times that the earth has ever seen. There will still be good news. You see, God's a good, good father. He's going to offer grace in spite of the wrath. Next, the greatest worldwide revival will happen during the tribulation. Is that amazing? The greatest worldwide revival ever seen will happen during those seven years. And here's how God's going to do it. Do you know what God does? He normally just uses people. How do you become a believer? Somebody shared it with you. You went to church and heard a person speak to you. Of course, I can't make you a believer. 
but I can teach you the word of God, then you have to make the choice. But look what he's going to use. Mostly people and then some supernatural things through the people. He will use Jewish witnesses. He will use two special prophets that are already in heaven. He will use an angelic witness, an angel will go throughout the world, and Gentile converts to share the gospel. There's the four ways God has in mind to make sure that people can come to the Lord. Now, before the seventh seal is opened, we see something amazing. It's the last seal. God's planned revival breaks out in the earth in the midst of the wrath. It's kind of a mixture. Wrath is going on, and God's grace is happening. The revival is breaking out. You're right in Revelation. Look to chapter 7, verse 4. Turn in your Bible. It's important you have a Bible, and you look at the Bible and see what's talking. Now, again, so you'll understand, I'm not doing the book of Revelation all the way to the end. I'm doing a kind of an overview because it fits in with Second Thessalonians where we've been happening. Really, I was only going to do the first week I did way back. But as I prayed with God, he said, no, you got to give him a little more sampling of what's happening. Are you guys enjoying the Revelation thing? Is it okay? Okay. So again, to go through it takes me like a year. So we're not going to do that. You know why I'm not going to do a year? Because we're not going to be here anyway. Hallelujah. But you need to know what's going to happen because we need to be sharing the gospel with our lost people. All right. Now, look at verse 4, chapter 7. Then I heard the number of those who were, interesting word for you to circle, sealed. 144,000 from all the tribes of Israel. Verse 4 tells us that there's going to be 144,000 Jews from the 12 tribes of Israel converted to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. There's some religions, some denominations, say that when the church started, God is through with the Jewish people. Wrong. Hello, Jesus is Jewish. (laughs) God's nation is Jewish. Of course not. They argue with it in Romans 9, 10, 11. I'm not going there. Don't worry about it. You already see here, that's not true at all. They're his people. Now, what happens? They are converted and then sealed by God. What does sealed by God mean? Sealed means ownership. God will not allow those 144,000 to be killed from the wrath or the Antichrist. He will not allow it. He will keep them alive. Now look at this, chapter 14. Then I looked, and there before me was the Lamb, sitting on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. Now you want something on your foreheads? That's what you want on your forehead, okay? Now, God wants these Jewish believers to do one thing, to share the gospel of Christ all over the earth. God will protect them, and allow them to accomplish their mission. Remember, this will be the first time that the Jewish nation did what God designed them to do. When God designed the Jewish nation in the Old Testament, it was to go to all the pagan nations and say, no, there's not millions of pagan gods. There's one true God. And what did they do? They failed, they failed, they failed, they failed, and they failed. And what did they do? Start worshiping pagan gods. This is the first time the Jewish nation 
fulfilled the plan that they were given. So they're going to go and be witnesses in a nation that is filled with nothing but unbelievers now. Now, think about this for me. Why did they become believers? Because they saw the deception from the Antichrist, and their hearts were opened by God, and they made a choice. Now, he just didn't say, you're going to be. You have to accept Jesus Christ, and they accepted the one that they missed the first time. After Pentecost, remember Pentecost in the upper room? There was 120 spirit-filled Jews who turned the world upside down in their time, Rome and Turkey and all that. They turned the world upside down to Jesus Christ in less than 30 years, 120. Do the math. 144,000 Jews versus 120. Let's just say one word. Wow. Come on. Wow. What is the end result of that going to be? Well, during the tribulation, there'll be 144,000 Jewish Billy Grahams. You be around Jewish people, they can really go forward, baby. They know what they're doing. They're going to be out there like, no, that's not what's going to happen. They're going to take the world for Jesus Christ. So you have 144,000 of them, and they can't be killed. God has a pretty good plan. He's using his people. Now look at Revelation. You're right there. Go all the way to chapter 11. Pastor Mark, why are you going so far? What's happened to chapter 7? I told you, I'm doing a summary. Here we are. Look at verse 3. Here comes the next solution. And I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy for 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. Here we see that God raises up two prophets, two witnesses. Everybody debates over who they are. Most people feel, most commentators feel, probably Moses and Elijah. But it doesn't matter. During that tribulation, God's going to raise up two witnesses, two prophets. Now, prophesy can be in the future, but it can also be sharing the gospel, just promoting the gospel. Now, they'll be powerful witnesses and are initially protected by God. They come to the earth and they work on the earth here during the tribulation. Their message is a very simple message that Jesus did. Remember, one of the first things Jesus did when he came here, he says, the kingdom of God is on hand. Repent and believe. So one of the great things these guys are going to do, they're going to have a message for true repentance, and they will give people a chance to repent. Now, let me just stop for a second. You can't become a Christian unless you choose to become a Christian. And you can't be a Christian unless the Holy Spirit opens your heart to want to be a Christian. But the final thing is you, an individual. It's not God. God will never force anybody. You must wish and choose of your own will to do it. Pride keeps most people from being Christians. So you have to get rid of the pride and say, God, I want you. So here's what they're doing. They're giving people a chance to repent, but they have to do it themselves. Now, at the end of their three-and-a-half-year ministry on the earth during all that time, they will be killed dead, and they'll be left lying in the streets for three-and-a-half days, and the world celebrates like crazy. Yeah, our God. Antichrist, he won again. This is fantastic. 
And what's interesting in the Bible when you see this, it says that it's in view of the whole world. Now, 2,000 years ago, what did you have that in one country to another country, you could view something? Pastor Mark, I had my old brownie camera. You could do that. No, you didn't. 2,000 years ago, you had nothing. Isn't the Bible amazing? It says the whole world will see it. That doesn't surprise you today, does it? In two seconds, you see what's happening in Japan and here and there and there and there and there. Instantly, we do it. That's 2,000 years ago. God knows what he's doing, in case you don't know. Okay? So the whole world is doing what? Hey, look at my cell phone here, baby. This is probably cell phones like this big, or maybe it's in your eye now. I don't know what it'll be when that happens. You say, look at this. This is great. These guys said that Jesus was real. They're dead. Well, how's God going to handle that? The people are laughing. Well, what happens is this. Supernaturally, while the people are still laughing and having fun, God raises them from the dead and transfers them to heaven in front of them. Hallelujah. Did you take a visit? No, it's so fast. What happened? Where did they go? Right to heaven. I'm sure God laughs. Look at us. He's got to laugh. But when he sees that, he kind of has to go like this. Thought they were dead, eh? No, I'm the one true God. Whoop. They come to life and go back to heaven. Wonderful. Amen? Are you glad to have a supernatural God? Amen. Not a deceptive God, one. Well, there's one more, actually two. Look at Revelation 14, 6. Then I saw another angel flying in the midair, and he had the eternal gospel. Circle that in your Bible. The gospel isn't temporary. It's for all eternity. That's how people get to heaven, and there's only one way. To proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people, there we have an angel as a witness. An angel. Everybody else is a human. This is an angel. Created being, angel. Look at verse 7. He said in a loud voice, the angel, fear God and give him glory. Because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and the springs of the water. So this angel was commissioned to bring the message to every group of people on the earth. This is another clear picture. In the middle of God's judgment and wrath, this is a picture of God's heart for the lost. It's a picture of his heart. The angel said there's only one Savior. Worship him. He's God. So the angel was commissioned to take that to every people group on the earth. Now, many people, when we read that, and back here in Matthew 24, you'll see it in a moment. When we read that, we usually only read it one way. Take a look at this. Jesus says this. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And read it together with me, last line. And then the end will come. So we're thinking, we got to get it out to everybody. We got to get it out to everybody. It's going to happen. Well, that is true. But we'll never get it out to everybody. We just keep trying. But what's the angel going to do? He will go to everybody. He can get there way better than you can. 
He just flies there. Boom, he's there. Now, when is that going to be fulfilled? During the tribulation. That's when it's going to be fulfilled. Should we be trying to fulfill it right now? Absolutely. You'll see that. Where to go? Remember the Great Commission? Go into all the world. But it will be finalized by an angel supernaturally. We see again, God's love, God's grace, God's heart for lost people. Now, why did God send 144,000 Jewish evangelists, two prophets, an angel? Why did he do that? Well, I just kind of said it to you, but here's why. Look at 2 Peter. But do not forget this one thing. Dear friends, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you. Let's read this, which is in yellow. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Why did Jesus come to this earth? To save the whole world. See, God is not happy when people reject him. So he's giving these all unbelievers an amazing, graceful chance with Jewish evangelists, two prophets, an angel. You know what? I personally believe, and I can't, I'll just say this. I, that's why I said personally. I believe other things will happen. It's just in my mind. I don't know. I can't prove it. But I believe that probably there'll be another group of people that will share the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe Gentile witnesses. When you see all these people coming to Christ, they're not just going to be Jews. There's going to be tons of Gentiles. And if a Gentile comes to Christ, what do you think is going to be on their heart? Wow, my whole background's gone. God, I failed him before, but here I am. Because see, when you watch what's going to happen in the tribulation, guaranteed there'll be people that sit in our churches for years and years and years, ever since the church began. They're religious, they're good moral people, but they never turned over to Christ. And here comes the tribulation. They miss the rapture, they're in the tribulation, and they know they may be able to keep, I don't know if they'll be able to keep a Bible, Maybe they'll start going through and go, whoa, what that pastor said or what that individual that witnessed to me said was really true. And when I see that happening, when they see an angel coming saying, honor God, repent, get right, when they see Jewish guys go out like Billy Graham's. I was watching Billy Graham just before I came tonight. That guy could preach, baby. He had an anointing on him that nobody else had. These guys will have that anointing and they'll feel so happy It's so good, I can't keep it to myself. And they'll start witnessing to other people. I believe that will happen. And that means that's going to be the greatest revival prayer, all those people coming to the Lord that you and I have ever seen. Why? The tribulation's a dark time, but Jesus is the light of the world. Thanks for joining Pastor Mark today on Lessons for Living. If you'd like to hear more from this study, you can find additional teachings online now calvaryccm.com We know that this time in our world is uncertain, but one truth remains steadfast. God is in control. During this season, we encourage you to spend time in the Word, in prayer, and in the presence of your Creator. 
As with many churches across our nation, Pastor Mark and the Calvary Chapel Melbourne community are holding church online. The church isn't the building, it's the people who, despite whatever obstacles are in their way, still worship Jesus and praise His name. We'd love for you to join us. Visit calvaryccm.com forward slash live or join us over on Facebook, YouTube, or Roku. We'll be having services on Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. We look forward to worshiping with you in this way until we can be gathered together as the body once again. We also know how essential prayer is during this time, and we want you to know we are constantly lifting our listeners up to the Lord. Is there anything specific we can be praying about for you? Let us know by visiting our contact page at calvaryccm.com. Would you do the same for us? Please keep Pastor Mark and our church staff in your prayers, along with our nation's leaders and those affected by this virus. Thank you for praying. That's all for today. Join us again for another edition of Lessons for Living. Hear your